You like Fireboy? I do. You're listening to Your Tables on Fire. A weekly conversation with the hottest game designers on Kickstarter. Here comes your host, Jeff Beck. Why, hello. Thanks for tuning in to Your Tables on Fire. This is episode number 15. With me today, we have a special guest. It's Danny Zondervan, the designer of Rushi. Danny, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. We're glad you're here. Can you take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Danny, as you mentioned. I'm 28 years old. I like designing games. I don't know how much detail do you want me to go into? Well, you know, social security numbers, credit <laughs> card numbers, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. That, that sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, no problem there. So a question, you know, I looked and looked and I couldn't find a company name, which is a little unusual for Kickstarter. Mm. Is that true? Is there no company behind it? I mean, there's really just me. I do have a company that does the distribution for me after the game is out and made once I'm manufacturing it. But yeah, the Kickstarter is, is just me. Some friends help me set it up and do the playtesting and stuff like that. But the distributor's name is Nexi. They're the ones they sell it on Amazon. I have a good arrangement with them. So they, uh, they let me design games and then they're happy to sell them for me. So it's a good relationship. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a good relationship. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your experience in the gaming hobby in general. How long have you been involved with gaming? I've been playing games since as long as I can remember. You know, not just board games, just any kind of games. I think it's just kind of part of being a uh, human, <laughs> is that you just <laughs> love playing games. I remember we had all these like crazy games when I was a kid because my parents didn't want me playing video games all the time because they knew that if they bought one, I would just be on it. So we had instead just this slew of these, uh, I don't know, it was the 90s and, and there was all these like polar bears chasing penguins games and then uh, like we had Mousetrap, which was awesome because you could just build the Mousetrap, you didn't actually have to play the game, uh, you know, stuff <laughs> right. like that. So Dig back into those memories and see if you can find just a really miserable gaming experience. <laughs> a miserable gaming, okay. Okay, we had this one game, it was called Build a Clown, and the game literally was, there was a bunch of little tiles that all had like a part of a clown on it. They had maybe the foot, the knee, like the stomach, the head, and then they were numbered from like one to six. So there was like, some of the cards were really short, and they had all the number one on it. Some of the cards were a little bit bigger, they had a number two, and then some of them, you know, all the way up to six. And the whole game was that you would roll a dice... And if you got like a number one, then you would have to take the short piece. And if you got a number six, you'd get like the really tall shoes. And you would just go in a circle and you would build a clown by rolling dice. And whoever had a, the tallest clown at the end of the game would win. Very strategic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So a lot of strategy involved. You had to make sure, you know, you got the weighted dice. Uh, <laughs> right. That was about it. So That does sound miserable. Man, that was way back, yeah. Have your tastes evolved since then? Or are you still playing Billy the Clown? <laughs> You know, I pull it out every now and then. It's a, it's a good party <laughs> game. But, you know, after a while, when I started finding more of, of these strategy games, those are the ones that I kind of gravitated towards. Like, I have a, a really vivid memory of playing chess against my cousin when I was a kid. And he was super into it where he, you know, he was learning all the openings and, and different things like that. I remember it took me, I, I was very, very slow. I thought very deeply about every move, but I ended up beating him one time. And that, like, <laughs> stuck out in my head. And I was like, no, no more rematches. I, I did it. About a couple of years ago, I started getting back into it, you know, watching videos online about how to play. And I think that kind of got me back into just really thinking about and, and being interested in board games. You mentioned strategy games. 
is that kind of your niche? Are you primarily a strategy game player? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, you know, I, I think my the game that I enjoy the most and probably play the most is chess. I mean, especially now that you can play online or even just do like chess puzzles. I really enjoy that. And then, you know, with, with groups of people, Settlers of Catan, I mean, I, it's a super popular game, but it's one that's definitely, it's fun. I like doing it. You know, I like playing it. That It's a party game, but you kind of have to think about what you're doing and stuff like that. So yeah, anytime that there's some sort of strategy involved, I don't mind luck if it adds to it, but I feel like I need to feel like there's different ways to play a game because otherwise you just learn the best way to play and then it just starts to feel repetitive to me after that where like, okay, this is the sequence that if I do this, it's the best. And then after that, it just kind of depends on who gets whatever cards. Hopefully that's something that I, I tried to avoid in the games that I ended up making. I think that's why I prefer the strategy games just because even if you don't have the best strategy, you can at least try something different every time you play. So what inspired you to start designing your own games? I was actually making games, too, when I was a kid. I think I had a lot of free time on my hands. Um, <laughs> but then I, I just stopped for a while. I, I think I had the first idea, so Scrimmish was, that was the first Kickstarter I did. It's a card game. And the idea for that actually came when I was on a backpacking trip with my wife. We were backpacking to this place called Havasupai. I think it's the most remote village in the continental United States. It's very close to the Grand Canyon, so you basically imagine you're backpacking about six miles down a canyon. And you go to this place, it's got these beautiful aquamarine waterfalls and pools. But you have to bring in everything, and then you just kind of hang out there for a couple days. And so we did that, and we were hiking. And the only thing that we brought for entertainment, obviously, was just a deck of cards. You know, we weren't about to lug, like, a, a satellite dish or something like that out with us. And it was just my wife and I, so we kind of went through, you know, the standard two-player card games. We played War, we played Speed, and, and stuff like that. But at that time, I was playing chess a lot, and I was like, I really wanted something that had that feel to it. So I started thinking of how we could take this deck of cards and make some kind of strategy game. And I think the first thing that I started with is I wanted it to be where you started with the exact same cards every time you played. So it wasn't a game of luck where you would deal the cards out, and then if you got a good hand, you were set. If you had a bad hand, you were going to be in trouble. I wanted it to be you start with the same cards, and then it's up to you to figure out how you want to go forward. If you've played Skirmish, you'll probably recognize that it has some similarities to Stratego. That is intentional, so that was another game that I really enjoyed. I had a roommate for a while that we would have Stratego battles late into the night quite often. So I borrowed a couple of those mechanics, essentially this idea where a higher number beats a lower number. And so if you have cards, some of a higher number, some of a lower number, and you start with them, then you can kind of arrange them in a certain way, and Skirmish came out of that. You mentioned that you've been designing games ever since you were a kid, so we're not going to let you off too easy. <laughs> Tell us about the very first game you designed. Okay. I, I thought you might ask me about that. So I was, <laughs> well, it's your fault for bringing it up. I know. You got I no know, one to blame but yourself. <laughs> I was setting myself up. You got me. Exactly. Uh, so that game was, I don't know if it was the first one I made, but it's one that I remember. It was called Pigpen. I basically took the limited resources that I could find in my drawer, which was I had these tiny little farm figurines. So it was like a little pigs and like a horse and, uh, you know, a donkey and stuff like that. And so I took a piece of cardboard and I just drew squares on it. In the middle, I had like a, a pen and in the pen were the pigs, I think. And then there was like a gate around it. And then you used like all the other animals as the game pieces and I don't, I think you would like roll a dice and then if you landed on a certain color square, you could like remove a piece from the gate. And so the whole point was like, you're trying to free the pigs from the pig pen <laughs> to go around the board. And I don't think anybody ever played it with me, but I had a lot of fun designing it. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll expect that as your third game. That you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be right up in the same vein as build a clown <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and instant classic. We've talked about skirmish. Now let's jump right into Rushi. 
Yeah. For those that aren't familiar with the game, give us the rundown. So Rushi is a two-player card game, and it's played on a checkered board, like chess or checkers. But the pieces are square cards that have arrows on them. The way that it starts is each player has six cards on the board and one card in their hand. And they take turns taking that card in their hand and placing it on the board, but they can only place it on a square that has an arrow pointing to it. So basically, you know, when you start, your cards are pointing to certain squares, and those are the squares that you're allowed to play on. The mechanic works is that once you place that card, you have to pick up the card that was pointing to that square in your hand to be played on the next turn. So it's almost, you can think of it as like a complex game of leapfrog, where you're placing a card, and that means you have to pick up another card. And then on your next turn, you have to pick up that card. So you really have to make all of your moves tie together. Because if you're just going, you can very quickly get yourself in a situation where the card in your hand doesn't help you. And so you needed to think a couple moves back of how you could have gotten yourself into that with a different card. So that's the basic gist of it. The video, I think, explains it the best. To your point, it seems very strategic. You have these kind of set moves, and it's a little bit of chess meets checkers in a way. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I like that, so I'll steal it if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. Take it. <laughs> when did you start working on Rushi? So I actually had the idea for it while I was still developing Skirmish. It was, I think, just before we launched that Kickstarter. Even while I was working on Skirmish, I was still kind of thinking about different ways to use cards to make a game in kind of a different way. I Basically, once I had the idea for Skirmish, I was like, well, what's another kind of new mechanic that I could do with cards? I, I really like this idea of playing a game with cards just because it all kind of started from this idea that it was something pretty easy to take around with you, that you kind of didn't need this big old kit with a bunch of tokens and a bunch of different player cards and magic cards. And I wanted it to have a, a simple and lightweight set of things that you played with. You must backpack a lot. Not as much as I would like, uh, but um, I, I do enjoy it. And I think I also just appreciate simplicity in games, and I think that was something I kind of saw it as a challenge to myself, if I could make a game that was minimalistic. Uh, and you'll notice that I, I tried to carry that through even in the design. With Skirmish particularly, we kind of talked during the design, should we make the cards, you know, have these like really graphic detailed designs, kind of like you see in Magic the Gathering, or should we have these kind of abstracted kind of pictures of, of weapons on it? And I ended up liking that better because it's just it's just pure gameplay. It's not about reading a fine print on each of the cards. It's just about getting right into the strategy, let the game kind of speak for itself. If I could make a good game that was enjoyable with just a few pieces and just a few simple rules, to me that would that was pretty cool to do. Well, that was definitely something that caught my eye about Rushi is how elegantly simple it is. Is that how Thank it you. started out or did you have to kind of work toward it? <laughs> It started out not nearly so elegant. Um, <laughs> so, so I appreciate you saying that, that we managed to get it there. The first concept I had, I think I was very much in the chess mindset. So the first thing that I came up with for Rushi was this basic mechanic of you have cards with arrows on them, and you place them on the board, and then you pick them up. In the final version of Rushi, there's only three types of cards. There's you know ones with arrows on the corners, ones with arrows on the sides, and then one with a, a single arrow on it. When I first made the cards, I think I had like seven different card types, one with pointing in all different directions. I had one that was just a dot on it that was sort of this weird special card that I didn't even know what I was going to use it for. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had, instead of the point of the game being to rush past your opponents to the other side, it was a capturing game. So if you had a card pointing to a square and your opponent played on that square, then you could capture that card. And then it was the first person to capture everybody else's cards. But then when we started playing it, it was just a mess because you would have a card and then you have to pick up a card to capture it, then play a card on that same square 
and then pick up the card that was pointing to that square. And then you had to remember to do that. And then if you didn't, then all of a sudden there'd be like seven cards on the board and you'd have to go back a couple moves and try and remember where you went wrong. And uh, (laughs) there was definitely, I knew that there was a lot of potential in the core of it, which was this using the cards to kind of play off each other, you know, sort of having limited resources and where you could go on the board and each move setting up the next. Basically, that's where it was for a long time. And then I just kind of put it in the drawer Uh, And like I said, this is right when Skirmish was coming out. So I just kind of put it in the drawer and focused all my energy on the Kickstarter and basically getting all that ready to go. And so then about two months ago, my my wife actually took a month-long trip out of the country for her work. And so I basically had a month to myself. So I was like, all right, this is the time I'm going to really figure out how to make this game work. So I sat down, I playtested a lot myself. I, you know, went over to a couple friends that I know that really like games and I playtested it with them. I have one friend in particular, he helped me develop Skirmish a lot, so he and I spent a lot of hours playing through it. We realized pretty quickly that the capture mechanic had to go, and then once we figured that out, it was pretty close, and then it was a lot of fine-tuning, what size should the board be, there's this mechanic now where you can swap cards out, and then that introduced this other thing where, oh, well, does that make it too easy to draw, where players can just like sit and just keep swapping a card over and over and over. So we really tried to think of every way that we could pick the game apart, and then try and find a way to fix that. It sounds like it worked, so that's good to hear. But yeah, we definitely spent a lot of time tweaking with things until it felt right. And then another, a a huge test for me when I'm designing a game to see if it's ready for prime time is I will have two people that have never played it before just sit down and I won't even tell them the rules. I'll like print it out and let them read it and then have them play it against each other and see if they can figure it out and enjoy it. That for me was the biggest test. And then when Rushi was able to get past that mark, I knew that it was ready to go. Do you watch them when they're doing that? I do, yeah, and I and I bite my tongue to keep from like saying, <laughs> "Oh, that was a bad move," or "Oh, you should go there." But yeah, it's, it's actually. What are you really, doing? Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting because you get to see sort of how they come up with the strategies themselves, or they'll come up with something that I never even thought of. For me, that's the really cool part to kind of see that I can start and maybe just create a basic set of rules, and then it's kind of unconstrained. And if people want to take it in a different direction, they totally can. And for me, that's, that's awesome. I've heard from a lot of designers, and the first thing they always talk about is how important the theme is. Mm. And frankly, your games buck that trend. Yeah, I guess so. How are you able to be so successful? I don't know. I I don't know if I would say I'm quite successful yet. I I guess Skirmish did pretty well on Kickstarter, but it takes... The Kickstarter is only the beginning, right? After that, you still got to sell the game. And it's doing decent. I I think, Rushi, I, I think I'm hoping will do well as well. But yeah, for me, I mean, I don't think that I... The goal for me in making these wasn't to go out and be really successful. It was to make a game that I wanted to play and then and then tweak it until other people wanted to play it too um, was a big part of it. But yeah, I, I think for me, I definitely appreciate games that have a theme and I think that is really important. But I saw it basically when I looked at all the games that were out there, they all had a theme. And when I thought about games that I played, you know, besides the kind of quirky games that I played as a kid, I remember I played, you know, like Othello with my grandma all the time when I was a kid, or I would just play checkers or Chinese checkers. And the theme of those games is that you play the game and it's fun. And so I think for me, it wasn't about, um, I, I don't think I was intentionally trying to say, let's not have a theme or, or that's not good. I think it was just that I just wanted to have a game that had a fun mechanic that allowed for strategy and, you know, sort of let the game stand on its own legs. If it was good enough, it would. And if not, then I at least had a game that I could play with some of my friends. And it would be really fun to make it, to have that creative outlet. Well, I think it's a testament to how fun your games are that they've sold it all because, (laughs) like you said, you don't have the amazing art. You don't have the zombie theme that everyone loves. Right, right. But you're still still doing well. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I think if a lot of people ask for it, I, I wouldn't mind having, you know, a special edition skirmish deck or something that has some pretty cool art on it, or maybe a special edition Rushi board with some cool stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not averse to that. And I think that it can add something fresh to the game. But I think I just wanted to start, basically start with a core game that worked on its own. Anything after that can just add value to it. What I didn't want is a game that only worked because you thought it had a cool theme and you're like, oh, this is about such and such, so I want to play that. And then you get it, you start playing it, you play it once and you're like, well, <laughs> that was fun. And then you kind of put it in the Jordan and you stop playing it. I wanted something that would bring you back to it. Every time you played it, you're like, oh, that's something new that I can try maybe the next time I play. Well, let's talk about the name of the game, Rushi. Yeah. Where does that come from? That actually comes from, uh, I looked up, I, uh, we went through a lot of different names, first of all. Give us some examples. Yeah, so originally I was thinking of calling it Supai, because when I first came up with the idea for Scrimmage, it was, as I said, in this place called Have a Supai. And so I wanted to call that game Supai, and then I was like, ah, oh, it didn't quite fit. And so then I thought this game would work for it, but it's also the name of the city, you know, the name of the Indian tribe, and I basically I just didn't want to be disrespectful in any sort of way at all. So I didn't know if that would look like I was trying to use a name that was already something else's name. So I wanted to have something that was different. So we scrapped that and then basically had a blank slate and just had a, I, I don't even know. They were all so bad that I think I just crumpled up the paper and threw it away. <laughs> but Rushi, so, you know, the cards obviously have arrows on it. So I was trying to think of some word that had something to do with arrow. And so I just went to Google Translate, to be honest, and I put arrow in and I started looking at the translation for arrow in different languages. And the Japanese word for arrow is yajirushi, which I'm probably butchering. But either way, <laughs> the last part of it was rushi, R-U-S-H-I. And so I, I wanted something shorter than that. So I kind of cut off the, the first half of it and I took the second half and rushi was born. Wow. Have you put that back, just the rushi part, into Google Translate to see if it means elbow or something? Uh, I haven't. You want me to do it right now? I'm at a computer. Well, let's find out. Have a little experiment. All right, let me do Google Translate. Um, go into Japanese. All your listeners can listen to me type, which I'm sure is exciting. <laughs> uh, it means Rushi in English, apparently. Oh, so, that's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, I guess you're, you know, you're not offending anyone, so that's right, good. Right, yeah. I, I think there is a Bollywood movie named Rushi, but I, uh, I talked to the person that does the trademarking for me, and they said that was probably not going to be an issue, so... <laughs> right. Unless they're coming out with a board game themed on it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's kind of in a different genre, it's okay, so... <laughs> well, let's talk about your Kickstarter project. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been live now? We have been for a week today, actually. And how are things going? They're going well. So we had a really good first couple days, thanks to Skirmish, actually. So we, we had a lot of backers there, so I was just able to kind of send out an update to them. I was super grateful that a lot of them were willing to back me again on another project. I'm hoping that's a sign that they like the game, or they have short right. memories. It's one of the two. <laughs> but yeah, so that helped us really well get started. And then it's just kind of been slowly building a little bit day by day since then. And right now our goal is to try and get to 20k, and that's our first stretch goal. Um, and I'm really hoping that we do that because it'll help us improve the card stock for the cards that we're using. And I think that's pretty important. I think it'll help a lot just because the cards get handled a lot and you're putting them on a board and you got to pick them up a lot. So it'll help to have a thicker edge that you can get your fingers around. That's our goal right now is to really push hard to try and get that. So Will they still be cards at that point or are you moving straight up to cardboard? Yeah, I think they'd be more like if you've played Settlers of Catan, you know, like the, the board tiles that you use to right. set up the board. Um, kind of like that thickness. 
What other stretch goals do you have going? So once we hit that one, we're talking about a couple, so we'll see. So one thing that people really liked with Skirmish was we did a Kickstarter exclusive deck. So they were in the Kickstarter black and green colors. So I think that's something that would be cool to do with Rushi. Another one would possibly be to have a different design for the board. The one I went with was very classic, but you know maybe having like a forest-themed board or uh, an ocean-themed board or something like that. And then also probably improving the quality of the board will be one as well. We're kind of keeping our options open right now. Um, we want to make sure that we get the first one first, and then we'll start thinking about what makes sense after that. So, Sure. Well, given this is your second campaign, what did you learn from your first that you're able to take into this one? Oh, a huge one was that it's very important to double and triple check everything before you start. Basically, there was quite a bit of drama on the Kickstarter, actually, because when we first launched the game, the name that I had for it was actually Skirmish instead of Skirmish. So Skirmish is, is an actual word. Uh, skirmish is kind of, it's a Middle English variation, but um, if you type it into Google, it, it thinks that you mean skirmish. If you played it, you know, it's this battle back and forth, and it's kind of a quick battle, so it's not like war where it goes on and on, it's more like a, like a skirmish. So that was our original name for it, and we, and we got the Kickstarter going. But while we were doing it, you know, we, we checked around, and it didn't look, we couldn't find another card game with it. But somebody sent us a link, and I guess we just missed it, to another Kickstarter that was called Skirmish Modern Card Warfare. And oh, no. yeah, and so we were like, oh crap, what do we do? So we, we looked around, we talked to some trademark attorneys, and they said, well, if he hasn't been selling it within the last three years, then his common law rights to the trademark, because he hadn't filed a trademark with the USPTO, so his common law would expire. Basically, what I ended up doing is I found the guy's Facebook account through the Kickstarter, and I sent him a message, because I was like, well, I don't want to do it if he is selling it. I couldn't find his game anywhere on Amazon or anything. But I, I sent him a message, and I said, hey, I saw you use this name. I got it for my card game now. Sorry about that. Are you planning on selling it? If so, it's yours. And he basically got back to me and said, yeah, it's something I still want to pursue. So I had to back off. And so we were like, all right, no big deal. So we tried to come up with some other names. And the first one that we tried was actually Scrimmage. So taking Skirmish and then basically it's kind of like the modern version of it. But then when we posted that on the Kickstarter page, people were not happy. They were basically just like, and I think they were right, that it just was not nearly as good of a name. It just sounded like you're talking about the line of Scrimmage in a game of football, uh, American football, or, or I don't know, just that people have this concept of a scrimmage is something you do at practice that doesn't really mean anything. It just wasn't a great word. Thankfully, somebody on the Kickstarter page actually suggested Scrimmage. Which is another great thing that I learned during that campaign is that the people that back you on Kickstarter love to help you out, which is awesome. It's awesome to have a community that if you come up with a bad name, they're like, no worries, like, let's come up with a better <laughs> name together. And then if you use their name, they're like, awesome. And, you know, it's not like, hey, that was my idea. Like, how dare you? I wanted to use that on this other thing. A couple of people did, I think, cancel their pledge because they were upset with the, with the oh, skirmish no. to skirmish debacle. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, I think people rallied around the new name, and that was great. But I, I think it obviously would have been better to avoid that whole thing to begin with. So um, with Rushi, we definitely checked. Um, and that was a big part of the reason why we spent so much time working on the name, is we wanted to make sure we weren't stepping on any toes with the, the name that we picked. So That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny now. It was a, couple, it was a stressful couple days. But... Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really curious why... And, and don't take this question the wrong way, but no, no, out of yeah. curiosity, why did you kickstart it? Why didn't you, or did you look at going to a publisher? You know, so actually I kickstarted it because, and to be honest, the reason that Skirmish actually became a real game and then Rushi after that is that a friend of mine, the friend that I did a lot of the playtesting with, he had actually done a kickstarter for another card game with another one of his friends 
I think about like two years ago or something like that. I'll give it a shout out. It's called Quick Wits. It's like a party game where you have to name things in different categories as you're playing around. And it's a lot of fun. And they, they did it on Kickstarter. They were able to actually get a first run of it made. And then they were able to start selling it. And so basically I saw this and I was like, wait a minute, you mean that it's possible to have an idea for a game, make it, show it to people, and then you can turn it into an actual thing? And all of a sudden it was crazy. It was just realized that, you know, with the internet and with things like Kickstarter, it's suddenly possible for, you know, like you said at the beginning, I, I don't have a company backing me. I'm just sitting, you know, at my computer in my, <laughs> you know, at my house with an idea and you can put it down on paper, you can print out the cards, there's so many little custom manufacturing places that you can send them your design files and they'll send you like a couple decks of cards or a board and then you can try it and you can play it with people and then you can make a video. I, I mean, if you watched the scrimmage video, it was we did it in an afternoon on an iPhone video. Um, and it's like, <laughs> you know, we just like cut it really quick and uh, I did the voiceover in like one take, I think. <laughs> and then we put it online and then people loved it. It blew up. And now all of a sudden it's a real game that you can go on Amazon and you can buy it. And I think the best part for me was, I mean, it was fun all the way through. It was just kind of like a, it was so unexpected and just so fun to do that. When we first went and put it on Amazon, it was actually, we waited until we had uh, fulfilled all the Kickstarters first. We wanted to make sure everybody that backed us on Kickstarter got it first. But then when, when we did, we just told them like, hey, it's up on Amazon now. So if you want, you can go leave us a review there. And so like right away, we just got a whole bunch of reviews because, you know, all of our backers had been playing it. And so I remember just like going home and sitting on Amazon and I read every single review. It was just so cool to be like, these people, I have no idea who they are and they've played the game and they have something to say about it. You know, a lot of it was positive, which was great, but even some of them were like, eh, I played it once and it was whatever. And it, either way, they, they tried it. And I think that that was really cool. But my favorite one, I think a mom said that for the first time her kids like put down their iPad and like sat down and played this card game with her. It was just like the coolest feeling to feel like that just by coming up with an idea and, and putting something on Kickstarter with, with a couple friends, we were able to affect somebody's evening and hopefully put a smile on their face for a little bit. Yeah, you help encourage a future generation. That's great. Yeah, I hope so, if I can be so flattered. So what promotion strategies do you have for Rushi now? So the big one was just reaching out to our former backers. We do some advertising on social media. Uh, that was actually really helpful for the skirmish campaign was doing that. It seems like the, the field is a bit more flooded now. There's like, and it might have been that, that skirmish came out, you know, right around the holiday season. So we're, we're trying some different stuff. Fortunately, I, I really appreciate you allowing me to come, you know, on your podcast and talk about it. I hope this helps kind of get the word out. That's it. It's very grassroots. Well, I mean, it seemed to work before, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. So let's see if we can make lightning strike twice. Yeah. So given that you've already blown past your goal, you're closing in on your big stretch goal. Mm -hmm. What's keeping you up at night? I mean, it really is just making sure we get to that stretch goal. I think this one, because it's now, you know, the second campaign I've done, um, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, have some friends that are helping me that they've done a couple other Kickstarter campaigns as well. I knew what to expect going into it. And so it was a lot more prepared. I think, you know, crazy renaming issues and things like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's really just trying to make sure we get to that stretch goal because I really want to be able to improve the cardstock. So I kind of check it day by day or, or hour by hour sometimes, just trying to see as we slowly climb up person by person to get to that 20K mark. It seems like we might be on track to get there by the end of the campaign. So we'll see. I'm sure you'll make it. I'm confident. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So what's next? You already got your next game brewing? I don't. I, um, I mean, I always have some things that I'm thinking about, but nothing more than vague feelings. Although another cool thing about Kickstarter, when I posted this, somebody sent me a message just asked like, hey, Skirmish has a cool mechanic and Rushi has a cool mechanic. 
have you thought about putting them together to have some kind of cards with different numbers on them that you then advance across the board using these arrows? So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there, but it intrigues me. So maybe I'll think about that a little bit. But yeah, my primary focus after this will be just getting Rushi delivered. I don't want to divide my time too much. Make sure that we fulfill the Kickstarters, kind of get it to a point where we have a manufacturer and can start selling it. And then after that, we'll, we'll see what's next. Yeah, Scrimshi. I think that's what you should call it. Scrimshi, yeah. Just kidding. Don't <laughs> <Like> do that. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you have for someone who's thinking, hey, I have this crazy idea. Mm-hmm. I think I want to do something with it. What would you tell them? I would tell them two things. One would be to just do it, to steal from Nike, I guess. But uh, both Scrimmage and Rushi actually started with me just taking printer paper and drawing on it with pencil and cutting it out and playing it that way. You know, it doesn't have to start with this fully formed idea, but you just got to start somewhere. And then once you do, you can always tweak it, which leads into the next thing, which is do not be afraid to change things. I think that it can be very easy, and I definitely had this too, when you kind of come up with an idea for a game to get really attached to it. And then to say like, oh, you know what, this isn't working, get rid of it, I think can be really hard because you're like, no, this is my idea. Um, And I think it can feel natural, you you know, you you do a play test and somebody does something that doesn't really work. It's natural to just be like, well, you're not playing it right. Like, that's not the way you're supposed to play. But the reality is that's the game designer's job. Like, if, if the game has to be built in a way that no matter which way you play it, it works and that there is no wrong way to play it. In order to do that, you have to be your own biggest critic. You have to look at the game from every angle. You have to obsess over it. And you have to say, does this actually work? Or is this a flaw in it? And if it is, you have to be honest. And then you have to figure out how you're going to fix that. Because you can. You take the problem. You you break it down into its smallest parts. You see what works. You see what doesn't. You tweak it. You play it again. And you tweak it. And you play it again. And you have to be willing to change things. You have to be willing to do what it takes to make a game that's actually fun. So the two things in summary are to just get started and do something. And two, don't be afraid to change things if they're not working. So don't get too attached to your ideas. Yeah, good advice. Danny, I don't know if you know this, but Your Tables on Fire is really a show where we torture up-and-coming game designers. Okay. And the way we do that is we force them to play the game design challenge. Okay, so this is unexpected. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was the idea. <laughs> ah, ah, you got me. So here's how this works. I'm going to randomly pick a game theme, okay. give it to you, and then you chew it over, think out loud, and then ultimately pitch me what that game might be. Okay. So we're starting with a theme. So <laughs> Yeah, that, you're, which you're, is a twist for you, I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you can do it. I'm confident. Okay, okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get a theme here, and we're going with Family Vacation. Oh, okay. And, and that's it? I just got to come up with a game based on... That's right. Just off the top I of your thought... head, what do you got? Okay, well, let's see. So I grew up in a family of six, so I think it'll have to be a, a multiplayer game, you know, six-player game, at least. Let's see, the biggest family vacation that we did growing up was cross-country so we relatives in Michigan we all got in the car (laughs) four kids like under 13 I think drove uh, across and we stopped at all the national monuments along the way so we did like Grand Canyon we did Yellowstone we did Mount Rushmore so I could kind of see it as like maybe a game of life where the object is to remove the kids from your car as you go along (laughs) because they just don't stop making noises because you know this is before there's like Game Boys and stuff like that or at least before my parents would buy me one (laughs) 
So that, I guess, could be sort of like the uh, <laughs> the twist on it or something. But yeah, it would have to be... Oh, man. I don't know. Is this something where we bounce ideas off of each other? Or is sure, it just, sure. I mean, yeah, I can jump in here. You know, okay. you mentioned you stop at all these monuments. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of envisioning a, a board where you have different national monuments. And maybe, you know, at each one you have the ability to maybe, like you say, lose one of your kids. Mm-hmm accidentally quote unquote <laughs> yeah yeah it's like have you seen that movie uh, joe dirt where he gets left at the grand yeah. canyon <laughs> <in> the <beginning? laughs> yeah exactly okay exactly. so let's see how might that work so you, maybe it could be a one versus all where one player is the parent and oh everyone else yeah is the kids yeah there you go and uh well so so what's the parents objective is, is obviously to get all the kids out of the car but i think the kids team needs an objective too which i guess is just to survive to make it all the way to the, end of the vacation <laughs> that's right <laughs> To make it to grandma's house in yeah. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, you know, you get you get cookies or something. <laughs> it's a, you get simple goals for children. <laughs> that's, that's right. Or, you know, maybe the goal is if mom and dad lose their sanity before the trip oh, yeah, is yeah, over, yeah. you win. It's like a sanity meter that, like, every time, you know, something happens, you, you get to move it up by one. <laughs> or down right. by one, as the case may be. <laughs> right. Okay, so what's the mechanic of this game? Well, so immediately, you know, with family vacation, this kind of board thing, I'm thinking like the game of life, right? Where you spin the dial and then it gives you the color, right? And you move to that color. Okay. So something like that. But you need a way to throw some chaos into it. So you probably need like a pile of like chance cards or something like that that you pick up and it's just like you got a flat tire, you ran out of gas, the, the two kids started fighting. Oh, and oh, oh, here we go. So, of course, while we were on the family vacation, we had to come up with other ways of entertaining ourselves. So we would do things like the alphabet game, right? Where you would look at signs and you would look for a letter A, then you would look for a letter B. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that game. Or you do like I Spy, where you like I Spy something red. And then you'd have to kind of guess what it was until you got that thing. So those could be like little kind of mini games where if you, you know, it's kind of like a, like a categories thing. So if you draw a card that has like I Spy, then you have to play I Spy and the person that loses gets like kicked <laughs> out of the car or something like that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe each monument along the way oh, there you has go. its own little mini game. There you go. Yeah. And if the kids win, parents lose sanity. And if the parents win, you dump a kid. That's perfect. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's sort of morphing into uh, Mario Party, but in, in uh, like live action, which I, I love. So I think there's a market for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we calling this game? I guess we can't call it Family Vacation since there's like a movie. Um, right, and they might game. actually make a board game. Right, right, or Road Trip or pretty much anything movie related. You can call it, I don't know, Disaster at the Monuments or something. Oh, I like that. That's okay. pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're really onto something here with Disaster at the Monuments. <laughs> Have any of these games from your, your board game design ever gotten a life of their own afterwards? You know, not yet, but I, I'm still holding out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crossing my fingers on this one, but... <laughs> Danny, if you're going to be the first, I I'm counting on you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, somebody has to be the first, right? <laughs> That's right. I just want to see my name on the box. That's all I really care. All right. No problem. I'll, I'll do <laughs> Disaster of the Monuments. It'll, it'll be all hand-drawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And your Kickstarter goal will be $2. Exactly. Yep. And I'll be the one backer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but we'll have done it. And then That's no, right. somebody else That's all that counts. question, you can say yes. Yes, <laughs> Oh, okay, Danny, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun to just get to talk about this stuff. So, Yeah, a lot of fun indeed. And best of luck to you on the rest of the campaign and hitting your stretch goals. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, and uh, best of luck to you with the, the podcast. It was, it was a lot of fun, so I hope you have great success with it. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, that was Danny Zondervan, the designer of Rushi. 
You can find a link to Rushi's Kickstarter page at our website, www.yourtablesonfire.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at TableFire. While you're there, we need your help. Shoot us an idea for some future game design challenge themes. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Android, and BoardGameGeek. Hit us up on any of those websites and give us your review. We love to hear from you. Well, until next time, go light it up. <laughs>